Welcome back to Extreme Voltage. My name is D. Melconian, and we are doing the debrief on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers shootout last week. Hey, look, it was a great game. Uh, 38-31, the Chargers showed up, Herbert showed up, great first half. Uh, should have been 24-7 in the first half going into the locker room, ended up being 24-14, and the second half, the defensive breakdowns happened. Tom Brady became the hero of the game, took him in with a 38-31 win, and that's how it ended for our Chargers last week. But a lot of things to break down, a lot of positives, and that's what we like to talk about. And then we'll, we'll, we'll dig into those negatives and, oh, that defense. That defense in the second half just did not look good, gave us no time, and, and really was the, the, the factor in that whole thing. So let's break it down and then the shootout in Tampa. Uh, first half, exceptional. I mean, Justin Herbert, once again, I'm going to show you a lot of love, Justin Herbert, because you've made this season into a huge, huge positive, and I'm hoping this becomes uh, some nice wins in the win column and we start getting back on track. But Justin Herbert's performance was exceptional. 20 out of 25, 290 yards, three touchdowns. Yes, one interception at the end of the game when he's trying to get a win. Uh, sacked twice for two, uh, 12 yards, had a long 72-yard touchdown and a 53-yard touchdown, uh, rating of 137.9. That's your rookie quarterback out of Oregon, rocking and rolling. Five rushing attempts, 14 yards. Uh, kid looked great. No fumbles. Kid looked great. And I'm telling you right now, he is the number one rookie of the year right now, offensively speaking and overall-wise as well. Just a huge impact in this game uh, and overall this last three games. And we'll talk about the Anthony Lynn decision that came out just a couple days ago uh, in regards to his being the uh, quarterback for the rest of the season, which was the absolute right call to make. Let's break down the first half. Uh, Chargers were on fire, man. They they came out swinging. Um, Eckler looked really, really nice. Unfortunately, that, that huge injury with the hamstring and knee a uh, really scary injury where he, having a, he was having a hard time getting back, even on the cart, really painful injury. Uh, I was really worried that was going to be a, a season ender. Now it looks more like a six to eight week type of deal, which is still very, very significant to lose a uh, caliber of Austin Eckler uh, from this offense. And that's going to be tough to swallow. And that was a huge impact in the game. I mean, you got to, I got to tell you, that's you know, first quarter, he goes down in the waning moments. That That's a tough blow for this Charger team. But they're resilient. They kept at it. Uh, Herbert was your guy. I mean, that that's what's doing it. He took this team and, and, and threw it and made it work because rushing-wise, uh, they fell into a really bad funk rushing-wise. And once uh, Eckler was gone, and at the time he, he ran for just twice for 12 yards, uh, I believe he had a couple of receptions as well. He had a one target, one reception, uh, for only two yards at the time, but he was, you know, he was getting some touches and that was good. He was trying to develop it. And the rest of the time, it really was a sad sight. Uh, Joshua Kelly came in on nine attempts, only seven yards. Um, Justin Jackson, six attempts, uh, nine yards. Uh, that's not going to do it right. Uh, 16 yards on, on 15 carries is not going to do it at all. Uh, that's an offensive line issue. That's a running issue. Uh, it's a combination issue. That, that's not going to work. And look, you are going up uh, going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, front four to seven. So I get it. That's going to be tough, right? But you got to do a better job uh, running, and, and they didn't. And that was all put on the shoulders for, for the O-line pass protection and uh, for uh, Justin Herbert to take it to him, and he did. 
and he did. Uh, here's the receiving issues on that end. Uh, Keenan Allen, again, was the highest in targets. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 62 yards, uh, 3 first downs out of those catches. Uh, Josh Kelly actually did a good job. Three times targeted, three catches uh, for 26 yards, including a very crucial uh, third down and 11 catch that he made uh, to convert it to a first down, and that resulted in a field goal in the first half. So that was really crucial as well. Hunter Henry with four targets, two catches for 39 yards, uh, two first downs. Um, Justin Jackson, uh, just two targets, two receptions for 12. Uh, Donald Parham finally came through. We saw him in some game action. I love this kid. I saw him live at the XFL when he was playing against the um, L.A. Wildcats down here. And I like him. He's a good-looking player. He's only going to get better. One target, one reception, 19 yards, and a touchdown. That's the way you play when your number is called. So good job, Donald Parham. I'm going to see you out there more often, buddy. Um, of course, Austin with one reception, two yards. We talked about Gabe uh, Neighbors came in. Uh, one target, one reception for five yards. And here is your explosive on-fire plays, Jalen Guyton. I now know your name, and you look fantastic. Hey, one target, one reception, but I'm going to give you 72 yards and a touchdown blast, and that's what he did. So great job on that. Tyrone Johnson, man, off the practice squad and now into your living rooms, and he is on the active roster as of this week. One reception, um, one target, of course, 53-yard touchdown. So beautifully done with these young receivers. Really, really put it together. And again, it's 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 Justin Herbert, man. He's he is you got to watch him. And I know you've seen him. Watch him on the All Twenty Two if you get a chance. Re- rewatch the game. He's smooth, man. He can really move in that pocket. And he is limited time to throw, right? He's getting some limited time to throw. A lot of pass rush coming at you from the right side of him. And he is just moving in that pocket really smoothly. He he, he moves in, inside to the pocket, comes up, goes sideways, and has a nice propensity just to sit back and move, smoothly move, and throw with precision. Looking downrange, I love the fact that he's always looking downfield, right? He's always looking for that big play, but not to the point that it's going to hurt you and he's going to get sacked. He knows how to look for it, and yet he delivers it uh, with a great pass, not much of a force at all, Great pass, and if it's not there, he'll take the second guy, third guy, or you know what? He's going to just take it and run because he's 6'6", and he's 200-plus, and he's going to deliver it to you. Now, that's another thing I want to talk about. Another hit happened this week. You guys saw it. It was in the first half. He got nailed. Going out of bounds, he got hit. He has got He can't skirt uh, going out of bounds. He's got to really get out of bounds because these guys are going to come in, and you know what? These defenses are taught, man. Take the hit. If that quarterback is tight walking that sideline, rock them. You know, you might take that 15-yard blast and get that penalty, but who cares? I know it. They're going to hit him, and they're going to get him out of the game if that happens. So they don't care about that penalty. You can't take it. Um, he's got to be coached. You can't take those kind of hits. Yeah, it was great. We got a penalty out of it, but don't do that. Get out of bounds. Don't skirt it for an extra yard or two. Get the heck out of Dodge. Get out of bounds. So I'm saying I'm seeing too many hits in the high uh, head area for our quarterback to get abused that way. So get out of Dodge quickly. He's going to learn that. He doesn't want to take any more hits. Just ask uh, uh, Joe Burrow. He, uh, they had him mic'd up this week, and he was telling how the referees, hey, I'm not going to get hits like that. I, I learned my lesson for the first few games, and, and that's important for a young quarterback. So I, I appreciate his courage and bravery, but you got to survive for the next play, and it's a long season. So good stuff on that end. Uh, so first half, like I said, really, really good work. Uh, second half, um, again, 
Uh, not a bad job with with the offensive game flow. The defense, actually, Tampa Bay played a little bit better. Obviously, we scored 24 in the first half and just one touchdown um, for the second half, and that did hurt us immensely. So we got to get better on that end. We got to we got to bring that second half uh, game flow back up and make sure we're making the changes and we're adjusting. And this is coaching I'm talking about. We got to make the right adjustments, right? We can't come back and, and give up, uh, you know, all those points that we gave up. You know, they Tampa Bay had 14 and they ended up with 38. You just cannot give up 24 points in that second half. I know you have Brady, but you just can't do that. And you can't just score seven, right? You can't give up 24 to seven in the second half. It, it's 60 minutes, right? Plus uh, sometimes. So you got to work it. That's a coaching. Uh, that's right to the doorstep of Anthony Lynn. So, sir, take care of that. Let's make sure we get a full game out of these guys. All right. Um, so that was the issue on that end. Survived the injury with Austin Eckler. Hopefully he'll come back in six to eight. Uh, in the meantime, hey, uh, Joshua Kelly, you got wiggle. You can take the role of Austin Eckler. You're not going to be Austin Eckler. I get it. But you got to give me something better on that rushing side. And you're going to make catches coming out of the backfield because that's going to be their primary guy doing it. Uh, Justin Jackson is right there. He's just got to prove it. I didn't see any explosion coming out this week. Uh, I want to see what he does against New Orleans, against that that rushing uh, defense, which I think he'll have a better chance to explode versus uh, Tampa Bay this last week. I think he'll do much better, hopefully, against the Saints. And they just got to bring it. You know, you got to get at least four yards of carry, three and a half to four yards of carry for us to, to make it work, to give Herbert that uh, second element to throw in or run. So we got to get that worked out. So that was the issue on that end. Um, second half, Brady came back with Brady Magic. Look, I'm watching the tape. And you guys watched the game. Uh, the pressure wasn't there in the second half. First half, uh, it was a four-man rush, as you saw plenty of times. It's a four-man rush from the Chargers. And they just were, n- were not getting to him in the second half, and he was throwing very quickly. First half, same thing. He was moving up and down, especially that first series he had uh, to move down the field for a touchdown. But they were making some good hits on him. Uh, Denzel Perriman had a really huge hit on him in the first half, and that that rocked him. It was kind of a lower hit, and that that, that really hurt him. But you got to get there consistently, and that's Bosa, and, and that's the crew. I know you're getting you know you get you're getting blocked. I get it. Uh, the rookie tackle uh, Worfs, I believe, for Tampa Bay did a magnificent job against Bosa. Man, he he really held him in check, and that that was key for them. That offensive line actually did a really really good job protecting. But first half he was getting hit. Brady was, and I just didn't see enough of that in the second half. That ball was getting out of there quickly. He was getting a window, and we just got to bring got to bring that extra pressure. I'm not sure if they have to blitz and get that fifth man coming in, or what we have to do on stunts. But that pass rush has to be effective, and we gotta we gotta do what we did against Kansas City. And I still haven't seen that. I know we have the Melvin Ingram injury. I know that Drew, I know that Drew Tranquil is still hurting, and I know we you know we lost a few on that end. But we gotta get this back up. I know that Chris Harris you know isn't there and not gonna be there for a few more weeks. But we gotta bring this up because that second half, man, the DBs were getting beat, and there was a lot of open open uh, receivers uh, on that end, including Scott Miller. Uh, who had a heck of a game for him, and I think he he brought it pretty effectively uh, on that side as well. So that that was difficult to watch just because they were really uh, moving uh, really well in the second half and, and being fluid. Uh, Tampa Bay was and making the plays they needed to make to get that going. Uh, in regards to uh, Tampa Bay, Mike Evans had seven for 122 and a touchdown. Uh, Ronald Jones 
this man is a good runner, but cannot catch. Okay, nine targets, six receptions, 17 yards. Scotty Miller really brought it to him uh, as well. Uh, seven targets, five catches for 83 with a touchdown. OJ Howard had the three receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown, along with Keyshawn Vaughn for three receptions, 22 yards and a touchdown, as well as Cameron Brait. And that that's the uh, the three yard the three yard touchdown. And I believe that was in the first half when the the fumble occurred. And we got to talk about that. You're nursing a 24-7 lead, the Chargers were, with uh, just under, what, 50 seconds to play, and you're down in your own, uh, inside your own 10-yard line. Uh, and, and, the, and the handoff exchange was nasty, was ugly. And, and, you know, I'm looking at that on all 22. I'm looking at that through the uh, game film. Both the quarterback and the running back, Herbert and Kelly, were off. It would look like a high... Uh, exchange right to the chest area and even if that's happening that running back still has to secure that I'm not sure his, his eyes are not on the ball I don't know but that that can't happen and that was a huge turning point in the game and you might say well we got to shake that off and, and go but you know we've talked about it on this podcast and, and we'll continue to do so you know Marty Schottenheimer used to talk about it it's it, one or two plays in a game can really um, make it such an impact that that is the game and it's it's terrible to talk about it, but it really is. NFL is 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 really a game of one or two plays will make the difference, right? Especially this kind of play. It's not just a play where they, they score a touchdown on you with literally seconds left to go in the half and move it from a, a blowout to now they're in the game. The points make a difference, but it's the emotional aspect of it. Now you're going into the locker room. Instead of being on this super high of 24-7 confidence high, now you're just coming back in licking that wound. You just got embarrassed with that terrible turnover and an easy touchdown. That that changes game flow. And that's hard on coaching, right? Because how are you going to bring that back? How are you going to make that work for you? Um, good teams have to shake that off, and they know how to shake it off. Teams that are getting or struggling, trying to get better, they have difficulty with that. And that can hurt you throughout that game and throughout the season if you don't know how to shake those things off and, and let it fester. So cannot happen. Those things cannot happen to good teams. you got to make sure you're focused and you're playing a full game and not making those silly mistakes because ultimately it came back and it haunted them. Uh, if that touchdown wasn't there, we're looking at a tie game with, uh, with Herbert driving down the field in the last few minutes to get a field goal for a win rather than a touchdown, a desperation touchdown, and now we're looking at an interception. That changes the complexity and the, and the ebb and flow of these games. So something to learn from, right? Uh, it's another learning experience uh, for these guys, but difficult for us as fans to swallow. So that was disappointing to see. Defensively, uh, uh, really, again, it's a tale of two halves, right? The second half, uh, again, the 24 points that uh, the Buccaneers put up, that really did hurt uh, the Chargers' defense. But the first half, I thought, heck of a game. And can I tell you, I really, really enjoyed uh, watching Desmond King. Uh, He reminds me, and if you guys like basketball and follow basketball, a little bit NBA, uh, Patrick Belly from the Clippers. Uh, he really, he's just this little guy and he's not little, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty yoked up kid, but he's just a smaller guy. It seems like who just, he is in your face. He is hitting you. He is badgering you. I don't care who you are. He doesn't care who, who you are, what your name is on and what number you're wearing on that Jersey. He's going to come kick your butt. And I, I love the way he plays, man. I just love the way he plays defense. And he did a heck of a job that, uh, in that game. And I thought he was everywhere, especially in that first half, uh, Rayshon Jenkins as well. Uh, really brought up from the secondary. I think he's really playing well. 
Here's a few stats on, on defense. Uh, Michael Davis with that nice interception return for a touchdown, uh, 78 yards. Beautiful pick uh, on the right side from Brady and, and took it back home. That was really nice to see. Uh, Kenneth Murray and Kazira White, 20 tackles together, 10 for each. That's what you want to see from your linebackers. Your thumpers got to get it done, and they did. They look good. Uh, Denzel Perriman really playing strong right now. Six tackles as well, followed by Casey Hayward at Linville Joseph and Desmond King with five. Nasir and uh, Uchenia and Wasu had four. Uh, Rayshon with three and Jerry Tillery with three. So they really brought it. Uh, some nice quarterback hits as well. Uh, looks like we had about uh, two, three, four, five, six quarterback hits um, on the uh, on the game against Brady, which which are crucial. That's nice to see. No sacks on the game uh, this time around, but again, those quarterback hits do make an impact. We had a tackle for loss from Rayshon Jenkins as well. So nice job on that end. Uh, of course, Joey Bosa uh, racking up two of those quarterback hits coming at you from his left side. So look look really really good on that end. So first half was nice pressure. Second half really, like I said, just just let us down, and and we gotta just keep that up and, and keep working it. So let's get done with that game. Just one more to put in the books, and let's move on from this one and three start. We got to get on a roll. We've got the Saints coming up this Monday night. The Saints have a formidable offense, uh, of course, led by Drew Brees, uh, the man, right? And he's really playing well. Looking at Pro Football Focus, I got some ratings on these guys. He's uh, he's sporting a seventy right now rating on uh, PFF Cycle, twentieth uh, right now for all quarterbacks involved. Receiver-wise, they're led by Michael Thomas, who's been out for the last uh, three games or so, and it looks like he's uh, questionable for this week, but they're looking at him uh, possibly playing, so we'll see if that does come true and he plays. He plays partially. He's a decoy. We don't know how healthy he is, but if he's out there, he is the best receiver, arguably, in the NFL, and let's see how that works out with Drew Brees because he he loves him, so he's going to be out there. Your next uh, your next best, if not 1A, is is uh, is Alvin Kamara, and he's rocking an 80.4 on the PFF uh, rating right now, which makes him fifth among all running backs out of 49 halfbacks. He is special. You saw it a couple weeks ago when he played on, uh, I believe it was Monday night game as well, and he just he just brought it, and he's a tough, tough runner, so fast, so fast, so fluid, those cuts, he's just really fun to watch. That's going to be a difficult spot uh, to get, and going back to that Tampa Bay game, uh, you know, the defense did a really good job, the Chargers did, uh, containing Ronald Jones in that first half. But what I saw later on is those Ronald Jones was coming at him. When he was trying to do a stretch, the defense really did a good job by stretching it and, and stopping him from getting the, the corner. Um, but when you start cutting on the right side and, and taking the A gap and the B gap and, and exploding from the B gap, which is the uh, center, uh, correction, the, uh, yeah, the, the center guard area, and then B gap would be a, the, the guard to tackle area. Uh, so A, B, and C going from the center. B would be the uh, guard to tackle, and then C would be tackle on out. Um, so on that end, I thought he really did a great job going through the B gap and C gap. And I thought inside running was was much easier in the, in the first half, latter part of first half, rather than stretching it. So Alvin Kamara can do that too. Uh, he's a scary one because he can go around you, or he can take you inside on on a, on a B gap and then pop you over to the outside and bring you back inside. and And he he does a lot. So he has a lot of wiggle, and it's going to be interesting to see how this battered up defense, the front seven, uh, should be there to to hold us up as best they can. Because that secondary, they'll have their hands. Uh, uh, busy with him if he's out there loose like that. And that's going to be some big play opportunities if he's out there doing his thing. Uh, again, going back to the receivers, um, uh, Traquan Smith is doing a really good job right now. He's ranked in at 
so he's doing a good job there as well. As Emmanuel Sanders is there, you know, not a very good season so far for Emmanuel Sanders, only rocking a 66.3 on the rating. And he hasn't shown the Emmanuel Sanders ability as he's done in the past with Denver. So I don't see as much. It really is a Michael Thomas show. And like I said, it's since he's been gone, Traquan Smith has really taken up uh, that slack. Lastly, number 11, uh, Deontay Harris is doing a good job for them. A smaller guy, just 5'6", 170, has some really good speed, and he is rocking a 67.4 percentage on PFF. The strength of this uh, New Orleans Saints offense, besides Breeze, is in the running back, of course, and their top receiver, is going to be this offensive line. I like the offensive line a lot. Uh, you have the the bookend tight ends with Armstead and Ramsick, and they're both playing. They're going to be healthy, ready to go. Uh, they do a great job as bookend tackles. Uh, then you have your guards, Easton and, and Ruiz, decent guards that do a pretty good job. And, of course, uh, the center, uh, Eric McCoy, is, has a really, really strong balance and base, and he's at a 75.4 right now, and he's, he's rocking at his really good center. So he's fifth all overall uh, in all centers for NFL this season. And they're explosive, right? We saw him explode against Detroit last week. So they really can uh, come in bunches. So there's another 60-minute game that the Chargers really have to hold on to. Defensively, the Saints are a little bit beaten up. And I think we're having some issues on their corners uh, with some younger kids playing um, right now. And they're especially also their D-line. Hey, their D-line is anchored uh, by Cameron Jordan. Really, really great player. Uh, he's, he's at a 68 right now in regards to PFF. Uh, but he really is a strong, strong defensive end. Uh, followed by the uh, other bookend, Trey Hendrickson. Uh, does a great job on the other side, on the edge side for the left uh, portion as well. Um, cornerback-wise, uh, Patrick Robinson really does a bang-up job for them, and he's playing really well. Uh, he's sporting a 70.9 right now on PFF, uh, who controls the right side. Um, Gardner-Johnson is your slot corner, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and he's doing a pretty good job right now, 65.3. So uh, Justin Herbert and crew have a chance to really put up good numbers against these corners. They're not, they're, you know, Besides Robinson, you're not seeing a lot of these secondary that's going to scare you. Uh, so I think they've got a shot to really bring it to it. Malcolm Jenkins, of course, is your safety, and he can be beat. He's uh, currently at 48.5 on PFF, not having a, a great season so far. So uh, this is a game where I think Justin Herbert, Anthony Lynn, and the crew uh, are going to go after this defense. And I think you got to air it out. And, of course, you, you run it as well, right? You do your thing on the run and see how that's working out for you. Absolutely. But you gotta you got to really um, – Get this ball up in the air and try to really exploit the back end of the Saints defense, which is now their weakness, and it should be their weakness. And you got to attack it. And I think once you do that, and, and they're they're on their heels right now, not knowing where it's going to go, and they're watching their backside. That's when you can exploit that run run game and start beating them up inside. Really pound with the running game with Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson, and that's what we need to see. Uh, that's going to uh, potentially open up more uh, holes for us. Hunter Henry should really do well against this uh, against this defense and, and put it together. I could see another great day for Keenan Allen. By the way, Keenan is sporting an 83.8 right now, number five in all receivers out of PFF. I'm looking at Jalen Guyton uh, to be more explosive again and, and try to stretch that field. Uh, Tyrone Johnson comes in, and let's see how that's going to work out. I think, I think this is a really good scoring fest day. And if I'm looking at this game, um, and I'm looking at 34-30, uh, Charger win. That's what I'm looking for. Looking for a 34-30 Charger win. I know it's a lot of points, 
But I think now's the time. I think you, you've been scoring points the last uh, few weeks. I mean, th- this quarterback is only going to get better, right? He's only going to get better. And I think you're, you're seeing him limit his turnovers as well, which I don't think is a problem to begin with. And I hate bringing it up so much because it's part of the game. It's not, it's not where he's, he's delivering all these picks. Uh, but he's also controlling that better as well. So I could really see him explode. Now, if they have their running game going and if their their defense is is holding Drew Brees, which is, we've seen Drew Brees have some sub-performances sub, uh, uh, recently. If you see that happening, then maybe it's a, maybe it's a lower-scoring game where you're controlling the ball more and maybe not having to air it out as much and, and risking the ball up as much if you're controlling that ball game uh, with a nice 10, 13, 14-point lead. Maybe you do that, but be careful. Uh, look what happened last week against Detroit. I think they had a 14-0 lead, and the Saints came back, and, and they rocked it, and they got the win. So I can see enough offensive barrage happening. And unfortunately, I can also see the offensive barrage on the Saints side as well because they have the players to do it, and they have a great runner to do it. So let's see how that works. But I'm going to stick with my story. 34-30 Chargers win this week, and that's the game plan. And I hope that comes to fruition. We got to bounce back and get to a two and three spot here and continue our season before the bye week and and try to right this ship quickly. Decision time this week, and it came just a couple days ago. It was sweet to hear. Not to say it was unexpected, not to say it was surprising, uh, but just a relief because of all these weeks, Anthony Lynn kept saying, as soon as Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he is my quarterback, 100%. And look, I get it. And I, and I, Really liked Tyrod Taylor. I wanted to see what he was going to do with the Chargers. I was very confident, as you heard these podcasts last few weeks in the beginning of the season. You know, I really thought he would do well with this team. However, when that rookie quarterback comes in and shows the level that he's playing at, because he's playing in a a much higher level than a rookie quarterback. He's playing as a second, third, fourth, fifth-year veteran out there. Quite honestly, look at the numbers. You'll see what's going on, okay? Uh, The way he's playing right now, knock on wood, uh, there's just no way you can go back. And it's not like Tara Taylor was, was going to, you know, dazzle you up and bring this explosiveness that you've never seen before. We knew what we had with Tyrod, right? I really wanted to see what was going to happen with it, what other game he was going to show for us from, from that Cincinnati game for more explosiveness, I should say, at least going downfield. But you kind of knew what you're getting with, with Tyrod. But when this quarterback shows you this type of performance and – you know, people kept thinking, oh, once he gets rattled, he doesn't know where to go with the ball. He's going to have accuracy issues. You're seeing none of that. And not just that, you're actually seeing him uh, do so well in regards to fighting that off. His third down completions are just are just great right now with his numbers. So I love the fact that Anthony made that choice. I know it was tough to do it, but it was the right decision to make. So good job on that. Uh, let's get a little more creative. Uh, let's get a little more ballsy in regards to fourth down. I'm still seeing these fourth and ones that are in tough territory, but when it, when it's the waning moments of these games, there are going to be those times where you've got to go for it on these fourth and ones, or or you know at least also give me some better play selections on third and ones and third and twos. Let's not make it a uh, normal run off the gut, uh, a gap, b gap with a fullback or or trying to pound uh, Josh Kelly or somebody else in there. Let's be a little more creative. Let's utilize the three, four tight ends that we have. Let's utilize, uh, and this is important, Justin can run with that ball, and when he's running with it on a third and one or a fourth and one, he can throw it as well very accurately. Let's use that second and third dimension 
uh, type of play to make these defenses go back on their heels instead of just trying to blow up the gut and stop the run from coming in. That's too elementary, and I think this offense has to be a little more 21st century when it comes to that. How many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, on a third and one or a fourth and one? take it out for a little quick little bootleg right or left and then and then pop it to a tight end or run it on their own if they need to this is the same kind of quarterback if not better at times and we need to make that happen so great stuff on that let's have an awesome game this week i'm looking for a a monday night upset of the saints 34 30 is my predicted score i appreciate you all for listening extreme voltage is what you got to look for please sign up for it any podcast one you like Uh, Go ahead and subscribe to us, favorite us, and and keep uh, talking about us. We appreciate it. I want to thank the man behind the glass to make it all happen, Tyrell Mad Dog Wiggins. Thank you, sir. And also for our music by Kevin McLeod. It's Strength of the Titans and the Ice Giants. And you can find Kevin at uh, filmmusic.io. For Extreme Voltage, I'm Dean Malconian. We'll catch you next week. Take care.